welcome to Education Honestly. I'm Claire. And I'm Shanna. Today we are talking about social stories, what they are, their purpose in the classroom for teaching and learning, and how to use them and how to write them. Now, Shanna, social stories have been a part of your teacher's toolbox for quite some time. How did they become a part of your toolbox? Well, I'm, I actually would say I'm very fortunate because I began my career in special education. And when I say special education, I would say very intense special education with um, students with um, developmental delays uh, and global um, needs, physical and there and otherwise and there was a very so cognitive and physical absolutely needs. okay and there was a large um autism population people with autism um and part of you know this is going back quite a while it felt like the beginning at the time but it probably wasn't but it was coming to the forefront of teaching the need for social stories um with people with special needs predominantly people with autism and there was a lot of training going on at that time. I was super fortunate to um, actually get to go to a workshop with Carol Gray. And in um, the autism world, she is a social stories guru. And I actually got to meet her, which was really fantastic. And it was, it's always better when you meet somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about. And um, she showed us the when, the where, the how, and how to, of social stories. Now, she has a trademarked. Um, prescribed way of writing the social story, TM. <laughs> um, but it opened up a whole new world. And for me, my toolbox includes fluid use of social stories. Okay, so let me see if I understand you, because I am not a social story expert at all. Um, so there is Carol Dreck? Gray. Carol Gray. Carol Gray. Gray. Carol Gray. So she is the guru of the social story the social story it's very very specific it's um a way, the way you write it has to be um I, oh i can't remember the exact i think it's like two to five um different types of sentences to a directive versus control sentence it, it's very very prescribed but um opening up that world to educators and not making it just the main um, autism support. It used to be you know, people who did um, IBI, the intensive behavior interact or integration interaction. Sorry, um, the acronyms are been in my head for so long. I'm not sure what they mean anymore. <laughs> or part of ABA that it was part of their toolbox and probably had been for decades before it became part of my world. But when the integration of people with special needs became more part of regular school, um, so did the, their toolbox open up to the rest of us. Oh, see, because when, when I think of social stories and what I know of them, that they are more used uh, to teach like a particular social skill or identify important cues given a situation, taking on another, you know, another student's uh, peer's point of view, understanding rules, routines, structures. Like that's what I think of social stories is it's a story that helps a child, yes. helps a student, because it really, they go for all ages, yes. um, make sense of a world that might be in flux. And when I say world, I don't mean the world globally. I mean their own little, their own little world. Well, and you're spot on on what it is. Uh, for example, this week, um, it's back to school. We are still in a COVID world. And um, that's a big change for everybody. It's scary for everybody. And as I've told the listeners before, I teach kindergarten. So our little people have had a huge 
huge change. Yeah. I've had a huge change. Everybody has. And so as part of this, I've been using social stories. Oh. And so it's like a lot. And in kindergarten for where we teach, we have JKs and SKs mix. Yep. And so my SKs have come back and they're like, hi, how are you doing? What do you mean we're doing 18 things different than we used to do? And so I've been using the say, we're washing our hands constantly. We washed our hands before, but it feels like we've quadrupled the amount of times we're washing our hands. But let's talk about why. So do you have a specific story that you have used with the kids this week? Um, okay, so we started on with the story about masks. Okay, so tell us about that. What did you do for that? So our social story um, began that everybody's wearing masks now. And we, okay. we described why we were wearing masks, about blocking germs, to make sure that any germs that you had weren't shared. And uh, so they understand the function of it. And then the story continued on to talk about how it hooks, has to hook around their ears properly to make sure there's a good seal. And it was just a really detailed based, um, how, how, we, how we did it based on how Based on the functions they were going to need to be able to serve, uh, not survive, I'm blah, 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 I'm in the moment, what they were going to need to be able to understand why they were wearing the mask. So you used a social story to create a context for your students. So they knew why routines and structures that they were familiar with from last year were now shifting for this year. Completely. And okay. it also, because of the age level, the main character in the story had a teddy bear that had to wear the same thing. So it was that age appropriate connection for them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I were to have this discussion with somebody who was, I don't know, 12 or something, it would be a probably more detailed scientific discussion. Mm -hmm. But it, we, you know, we, we've co I probably also would have co-constructed it as an older, maybe not, no, maybe any, at any age I would have co-constructed it, but Okay, I've got a lot of things I want to ask you, so let's just, okay. I have three questions in my brain. Okay, let's go with the first one is, so let's pretend it's a non-COVID year. Fair enough. How do you use, or, or yeah, how do you use a social story in a non-COVID year? Okay, let's pick something that's pretty common. Um, fighting on the playground? Fighting on the playground, picking your nose. Ooh. Oh. Gross, but common. Yeah, let's go, let's go with that one. That, let's go with that one. That's okay. better than mine. So, so-and-so is picking their nose. They pick their nose. Why they pick their nose? But then it goes into, we don't pick our nose because of germs, because it's revolting. Um, and it's the explanation of why we wouldn't do it. And then the story would continue on to... Um, like, you know, how they can change the behavior, use of a tissue, if it happens by accidents, how they rectify it, like going washing their hands. Um, and, it, you know, in my case, I would probably try to replace the behavior with tissues and the tissues are here. This is how I access them. It, it's just, it's trying to, in a very child speak friendly way, take this behavior and see how you can shift it to something a little more positive and in this place less disgusting. While teaching social skills, Absolutely. the social, uh, societal norms, societal expectations Yes, in that way. Okay. I get that. So it's like saying, okay. if you pick your nose, it's gross because right. everybody else is going to tell you it's gross. Right. But then I could also go, okay, so let me see if I get it now. And yeah. I'm going to go back to my idea of the, the fighting on the playground okay. so, 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 to see if I really understand it. So a social story would be talking about, or sorry, a social story would be a story 
um, about, let's say, two or three children having a fight on the playground. Uh, the story would then maybe go into the point of view of the different children, behavioral expectations. For um, example, if you kick so-and-so, yeah. they're going to be upset with you and won't want to play with you. And why they won't want to play with you and then flip that back on how that might learn. Yeah, and, and, and also how would you feel if you were, right, got kicked? So it's uh, the ability to identify with it is also important where possible. Okay, so here's my thing is, that that just seems like good old-fashioned teaching and good old-fashioned teaching of social emotional skills of social skills in general what makes a social story different from just having those organic conversations with kids well the buy-in in a social story we have stories like we, we write out our stories it's prescribed and made oh. for the student it's not you can take a story that's okay. on the shelf, but when you write it, it's made specifically for that situation and to benefit that one student, those two students, the entire class. It's made for them. And, you know, social stories can be shared, but they also can be edited for the best practice of, for that student. So basically, you're, you're writing a story. You're, write, you're writing a story. So yeah. like you're literally writing a story and then what do you do like do you put pictures in it or do you have the kids draw pictures to it like you could do, do either or um especially when i've worked in the special needs world there you're not going to hand a not necessarily going to hand a picture or something with uh, like a crayon to a student and say here draw a picture of this they may find that an abstract you may have to put a concrete photo in you may have to put you may have a student that's best to put like a cartoon so it's their favorite character oh. so it's identifying in you need to create what's best for your student and so i guess that's where you get to you know large group or whole class depending on how you want to call it small group social stories and individual social stories absolutely because you could even if i'm understanding you if we go back to let's say the you know the playground story, yeah. it's like one student might do well with having it done in, in cartoon pictures, but another student might actually, you know, a student with, mm. um, on the autism spectrum might actually need the physical pictures, like actually yeah, taking pictures. I've, I've, made, I've created a social story for a student in the past who, it was the first time since their parents had split. And it was oh. the, the parents were very nervous and understandably so they wanted the best for their child. And so we, in consultation with the parents, we wrote a social story saying Christmas is going to be different this year because that was the holiday they were celebrating. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, I'm going to be spending, and we figured exactly when the change of um, custody was going to be for the parents. So I'm spending Christmas Eve with mommy, but when, um, just before bedtime, I'm going to be going to daddy's house. And we talked about the fact that there was going to be cookies made at mommy's house. And then some were going to be brought for Santa at daddy's house. And we, the three, the parents and I worked together and we wrote it all out. We had pictures of Santa. We had a picture of what the kitchen looked like at mommy's house and what the plate they were going to use at daddy's house was. So there was, it was really specific, but that was to benefit that child. And they actually had a really smooth transition because this kid was on special needs was expecting these exact situations and knowing in advance and planning that out and preparing him was so beneficial, not just for him, but for his parents. Like it was easier for everybody. And you can take that skill and share it in so many different situations. And you become an author, which yeah. is kind of fun. Well, and actually that brings me to a number of questions. So about 
authorship, actually. So social stories. They're not always written by the teacher. No, no, not at all. Parents have um, done it. Well, like, but parents have written them and then given them to you to use. I've had them given to me. I've had them co-constructed with parents. Oh. Um, social stories is a, it's not even like an ownership. It's, this is what we need for the student and it's the best practice. That's why it's in our toolbox because we pull it out for the student's need and success. And have you ever written them with a student? I have. Okay. I have. Oh, great. You just said you wrote them with a the class. But have you, so, so then, right. So you, you've written them with a the class. Yep. You've written them with small groups I, and individually. I, I wrote a, sto a social story. The one, the ones that I really enjoyed, it was we were going as a class on a class trip and there were two students who were really nervous about the bus situation. They'd never been on a school bus. There had been parents who been, had been able to walk them to or from, or like a grandparent. I can't even there, anyways, there's a familial to and from school. And they were nervous as can be about getting on a school bus, which I found, I actually had a chuckle, because how many kids don't like love the school bus? I'm getting away from you. I'm going on a school bus. Yeah. And so they were nervous. And we talked about how they were going to meet me in the morning. We were going to do attendance. We were going to look for the bus. We even went and figured out which um, window we were going to look out for the, uh, the bus and where we were going to check to make sure it was. And when we knew this bus, saw this uh, the school bus outside, we were going to get our jackets on. And because we were going to a farm, we needed to make sure that we had our rain boots and we had a jacket just in case because they were they're also very excited about stepping in the mud. <laughs> Poor bus driver. Um, but, uh, you know, so we, we went through all those steps. They weren't even concerned about the day at the farm. It was just the transportation. And so wow. we got to skip over the day at the farm, except for we had to include the mud. Thank God Peppa Pig wasn't around then because we were not jumping in muddy puddles. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was like, we're getting back on the bus and the bus is going to take us from here to home. And then we get off the bus, we say goodbye to the bus driver and thank you. And we are going to go back and mommy and daddy are going to pick us up at the end of the day or whomever was the pickup. So it was for those students, it was really helpful for transition. It was helpful for success. And it's, it's almost like giving them a little bit of control back to a chaotic situation. I was going to say, like, it, it's about, you know, preparing them for that upcoming event or that, that abstract concept that they kind of have, like, you know, that's a great story. Like, they know of a school bus. Mm -hmm. They know what it is. They know what kids ride it, but it's still abstract. It's Absolutely. still foreign to them because they don't have that same experience that the other kids might have had. Absolutely. Leslie, I could totally see where their anxiety is coming from. Well, and I think of it as adults. We create our own types of social stories all the time. We're going on a trip. You have an itinerary that you've worked out. You have all the little details worked out. So we're comfortable coming out of our regular situation because we know all the details. You're just making it child friendly in the format of a social story. And I guess my last question is talking about like writing them is, are you, do you ever write them in conjunction with experts? Absolutely. And what type of expert would you consult with? I think there's a variety of experts you could consult in. In schools, we often have consultants, right? We have um, occupational therapists, speech and language, psychologists, psychologists and psychologists. We have options. Um, we have just like experts in all kinds of areas. And say you're introducing a new piece of equipment for a student to help them. Maybe it's a student with um, an audio um, concern and you're bringing in new technology to help them learn how to use it. Well, 
you can create a social story. This is going to be hang on my ear. The teacher's going to wear a microphone around their neck. When the button is flashing, it means this. When the button's not, like you can just, it, it makes the transition so much easier with the expectations. So basically a social story is used to provide awareness um, there. So, and it's an awareness around uh, taking another person's point of view, understanding rules, routine, structure, um, social cues. Is that what it is? Absolutely. Okay. It can be so much depending on what you need. And there's no age limit. No. Um, it's written as a story. It could be into, it's usually put into a book format or some type of story format or Absolutely. a conversational yeah. format, but that's concrete that the student can read over and over and over again, or the class can read over and over and over again. Yes. Um, or a small group. Yes. Right? Absolutely. All right. So I think we need a call to action. Oh, well, hold on one sec. Oh. Just because technology is growing. Social studies have also been adapted to be an online resource no for um, students as they needed it. So, well, I think that works great with our little call to action here. Absolutely. And the, a call to share is part of our call to action. It, so our call to action is to try to create your own social stories in your classroom. Absolutely. And our call to share is... We are totally accessible to you through Instagram. Um, we are Education Honestly, or at Education Honestly, and the same for Facebook. Why don't you share your amazing social stories and successes with us? Um, we'd love to be able to share through our Instagram and through Facebook and see how everybody else is using their awesome teacher tool book. Toolbox, yeah. tool book. Tool book, your tool book. Did you yeah, our toolbox? Tool so to our <laughs> listeners out there, please share your social stories with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are Education Honestly. I'm Claire. And I'm Shanna. Until next time.